you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch animated chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. I'm a nerd overdrive. I will always survive. For right now, and they're going to open a second one uh, because they don't have the license yet. As soon when they actually get their alcohol license, they will start selling, and they want to open a second. So they can give it away for free because we, they can't sell it. Right. But then right. they're going to be – and they want to have a full bar in their second location. But what was really cool about the shop is – and I don't understand all this. I've got, to send, I've got to tonight actually write interview questions. They're a nonprofit. So all the proceeds of the store, once you've got your – Paying for the comics right. themselves, I, I would assume probably paying salaries. Yeah, I would assume salaries go to literacy programs and, That's awesome. and college scholarships. And I've just never encountered a shop that ran as a nonprofit. And so that's pretty awesome. Yeah, so really cool, really cool place. Two actually, you know, two like I had two <laughs> two things where I could uh, I found that, and it was a toy museum in the back. So I got lots of photos of the toy museum, but I also found the Museum of the Weird. Okay, and, I saw pictures. Yes, yes, and encountered the Black Scorpion, who yes. is ectrodactylic, and uh, coached Evan Peters on American Horror Stories. He's so behind get to, you right now. Oh, no, he's great. He was <clears> fun. <throat> but uh, it actually sparked the first time in a month that my daughter returned a text message from me because I just met the guy who coached Evan Peters in Freak Show, and she was like, cool! <laughs> 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 Wow. So, uh, you know, hey, Black Scorpion, uh, man, if you're listening, thanks, thanks for so much. You <laughs> Thank with my you daughter. <laughs> Off at college. She's just busy. I know. <laughs> anyway, hey, this is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com, and uh, we are podcasting on a Sunday night. Uh, Jan- I'm, I'm mentally going back on my count. January 28th. Exactly. And uh, counting back from Wednesday, which I knew was the 31st. <laughs> anyway. Uh, You're good ac- with math. <laughs> I, no, I'm not. And across from me, at uh, making sure everything works, uh, a- a hosting us at it's the Brett Cave. I, it has been a challenge tonight. I'm Rick Brett Snyder. That's right. And uh, we got a lot of cool stuff to talk about tonight, and we have a very special guest. But I first want to talk, you know, we've got comics, we- news, movie news, TV news. And, of course, if you're listening to us on your favorite pod, podcatcher, please rate us, review us, tell your friends. And if we talk about something on the show tonight that you can own for your very self and you cannot find it at your local brick-and-mortar store, do note that on the website, fanboyplanet.com, we do have an Amazon link, an Amazon search box, and anything you purchase through that, a small, small, small kickback comes back. To Fanboy Planet to help defray the cost of hosting the site and the podcast. Mm-hmm. As well, you can buy things through Think Geek, which is, I, I personally 
have not gone in in like three weeks because I bought too much for Christmas uh-huh. from ThinkGeek. But if you want to go through there, it's the same thing. We are an affiliate with ThinkGeek. As well, I should mention, you know, we've got upcoming the Silicon Valley Comic Con, and we are an ad affiliate of them as well, which just means you can buy tickets through the ad on fanboyplanet.com, and we get points towards, as we said, it's like selling grit. I believe we're getting the giant plush Pink Panther uh, figure if we if we get enough or at least a, a at least a packet of slim gyms so uh anyway you can buy tickets through there and as well if you'd just like to help defray the cost uh of hosting you can go to paypal and donate at editor at fanboyplanet.com as well as if you have any questions comments compliments commentary criticism write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com we try very hard not to get things wrong Occasionally we do, and if you want to, we want to correct us after screaming at your device that you've been listening on that we said something wrong. By all means, write in editor at fanboyplanet.com. So, without further ado, sitting in our virtual green room, I am so so excited. Shall I let him out? Uh, you should. Oh yeah, he probably broke out, and because I think it's funny is, is you know we're, we're we're a little bit time traveling. So let's say let's assume this episode has gone live by Wednesday. So last night. On the CW, <laughs> on the Flash, uh, I, I've mentioned this actor's name many times because I, I will say it, it is. Uh, I am so happy. Uh, I was so happy when he first got successful. We've been long, 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 long time friends, and uh, so really happy to have him on the podcast tonight. Derek Mears, who is going to be, who did play last night. See, the time travel aspect of our podcast always confuses me. Uh, <laughs> was Warfstar, the the arch enemy uh, in the comics of the Atom, but appearing on the Flash. So, Derek, welcome. Da, 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 da. <laughs> hey guys, lot of that, Derek, Rick, Derek. That's me. So this is going to be super easy to tell us apart. Uh, just so you guys know, I have pulled you up on mine, and depending on how this interview goes, uh, how many stars you're going to get. So let's, okay. uh, uh, oh, let's get into this. Oh, never happened before. Oh, we're getting rated live. Oh, my gosh. This is like an ep- episode of Max Headroom. <laughs> we got a blipvert going. Okay. Right, uh, right. And there's a person standing over there. If you get, get two low ratings, we get canceled oh oh one meow meow bean <laughs> right here uh, so meow meow bean. I love it. <laughs> let us talk about your time on the flash now beforehand yes. we, were, we were riffing a bit and you uh well you're a busy man you're like all over the place and especially this season in in science fiction television and superhero television because you've been on agents of shield as a Cree, so you know you're part of that cementing the Cree the Cree presence in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You're being on the Flash. You were on the Orville. Um, so you mentioned that really you hadn't seen the Flash before. So correct, yeah. Let's let's just kind of talk through the process of because I I think you have a very distinctive look. You're very popular on on genre projects for good reason. <laughs> do they you. make you go through an arduous audition process or did they write up dwarf star and say you know who would be great at this Derek mears let's give him a call uh well that's actually my my agent said that uh when the uh, the breakdown came out going hey we need a guy like this they're going come on really um but no the uh, the cast has been really nice to me um I, w- I actually got the uh call to come in and meet and uh read for them and they called back and said hey do you want to go to vancouver and uh have a good time on the flash i'm like i'm in i'm in <laughs> And you, um, didn't, like, you didn't realize how good a time you'd have, right? Oh, honestly, yeah, it was so crazy. Like I, uh, like you were saying before, we talked about before. Uh, I didn't watch the show ever, 
And um, my friend Danielle Panabaker's on the show. We did. Uh, we worked on Friday the Thirteenth together, and uh, it was okay. it was super cool to show up and you know and say hi and visit uh, Danielle. And um, but it was really a, honestly what, out of all the shows I've done, it, the Flash was really a special show because the cast and the crew were so unbelievably kind and just laid back. I felt zero pressure, and I just really had a great time there. So if you're a fan of the show, be a fan of the show. There's some really good people on that. Well, I am a fan of the show, and I, and I believe Rick is too. I don't like to speak for him. But, oh, yeah. No, I've actually been catching so, up. So, yeah, so were you, because it, this came up uh, last week, uh, your picture popped up online, it's a dwarf star, and uh, I, I was looking at it going, okay, that was from a run that I had not actually read of the Atom. I think I read the first issue, and my budget got cut. And uh, <laughs> so I kind of went, okay, and it's one of those, it's one of those runs, because it's, it's actually the Ryan Choi version. Had you read the comics before? Were you familiar with the character? Not ahead of time. Um, uh, I actually, when I did my research, I went back for the character, uh, just to kind of, because you have what the, the blueprint of the script, because it doesn't have, necessarily have to be exactly the same, since they are doing like the 52 universes, they're like... Things can be different. You don't have to look like the guy, like in the comics, or right. It doesn't really matter. Um, but you kind of make it your own. But uh, but yeah, doing the research, it was um, the background for the characters. So crazy violent, having to be on yeah. the, um, the secret, the secret six, and uh, secret six or six. I'm no, no, losing it's my nerd points. Six. It's the secret. Oh, six. thank God, <laughs> guys! I've been hit in the face so many times in my career. I'm trying to. Like, Things don't come out right sometimes. I'm going to be uh, honest, no. four days yeah. ago on Facebook with me. You got <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair. fair yeah, that. fair. I but yeah, just did the, uh, the research for the character, um, and I'm like, oh, this is a horrible human being. Cool, let's play. <laughs> so uh, uh, I'm really happy to, to have the opportunity to, to, to come and play him. And so from the inside, then you can say, if they say, you know, it's the 52 universes, are they like hoping that at some point officially DC says, okay, the TV version is one of the official 52. Oh, I don't know, but that would be delightful. That would be kind of fun to have. I mean, because I know that they've done a flash digital comic based on the TV series and they were putting it into print for a while, but I, I don't think they're still doing that. But well, do we still have 52 universes? Oh no, I'm sorry. We have 104, 52 of them are dark universes that keep, disintegrating uh -huh. so yeah it's confusing we'll talk about that later holy cow i am out of the comic loop keep going <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm enjoying just listening all right so when you say that, like you get to play this horrible human being what what do you do to differentiate dwarf star from so many villains that you've gotten to play uh well, I, I, for myself i always want to do something different for the character you look different, even as mild things um, so the one thing with this, like my, I fluctuate weight so much as an actor, like depending on the role is when I'll either gain, like put muscle on, take muscle off, you know, gain a little like baby fat or, you know, get really lean. <laughs> <laughs> but this one, uh, I was pretty lean. I was just you know, doing different like, body position than my normal body position. And, um, and the character was such a fun character because he's such uh, He's such to me. He's such that that Bill Paxton of aliens, where that that bravado. Like he thinks he's the greatest thing in the world, but he's actually like the dumbass. Mm. And it's just oh, had so much fun um, uh, portraying that. Cool, cool. So let, let's. Um, I want to talk. I should say that once you're part of this CW, or as we officially call it, the Arrowverse. I think mm -hmm. is, is the official 
So since he is, uh, since Dwarfstar in the comics is enemy of the Atom, and the Atom is on DC's Legends of Tomorrow, when I don't know if they would have said, "Hey, are you going to stay open?" But hold I, that muscle on. Uh, yes, keep that lean, hungry look. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is you know, would you be? It's a different show, but would you be open to jump? Because villains, the, what I love about the Arrowverse is villains yeah. don't really pass. They have this wonderful tendency to pop back up when you least expect them. You know, so yeah. would you jump back in? Are you kidding me? I would love to. It, it, it's a similar experience on uh, Legends of Tomorrow as it is for Flash. I'm like, yeah, I would love to. Um, but yeah, they, it, it's nice because when you <laughs> a lot of shows now, it, it's interesting. Like uh, when you when you finish a show, they're always like, hey, you know what? You, you always could come back. You never know. And I go, yeah, for sure. Let me know because like I don't know how far ahead of what their you know their story arcs are. I can't to think to of actually, too many characters that they've had, too many villains that they've had on that mm-hmm. haven't come back for a second round. Yeah. Oh, I hope so. That'd and, be and fun. I think part of that is because of the nature of the Flash. Yeah, because his mm-hmm. Rogues Gallery kept coming back around in the comics. Yeah, but even like Gorilla Grodd and um, yeah, and the Trickster and yeah, this the last week's episode with the Trickster and even the original prank, yeah. Corinne Borer. It was so wonderful to see like they strangely flash back to the first Flash TV series and yeah. pretend that it's not quite the same. It's weird. Uh, but <laughs> it's very, it's very cool. I mean, but that has happened to you before. I remember talking to you maybe three, four years ago when Sleepy Hollow, you first appeared as one villain. They mm-hmm. had somebody else playing a villain and then you replaced him. Yeah, it was a, a, a weird thing. Originally for Sleepy Hollow, I was brought in, um, for the the main bad guy for the first two seasons, which is the Moloch character. Yeah. Uh, before I hopped in, uh, he was more of like a presence, like a blur. He would just kind of pass by camera. Mm-hmm. And um, they actually brought me in to do a different character to do uh, the uh, uh, the Gollum character. They needed someone who could. It was very nice. They're like, look, you, you probably don't want to do this. Like, but we we because it covers your face, and we need someone who can emote through this makeup. And I go, I'm. I'm a giant nerd. I love doing monsters. I, I don't care if it's between my normal face or doing a monster. I go, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'm in. Um, so after I did that character, they go, hey, we know you have to move on to this other action movie, but we're, would you be interested in taking over this other part because we're, we're actually putting dialogue and, and we're actually making him an actual character? And I go, oh, uh, uh, let me see. And you know, work things out uh, uh, business-wise. And then, yeah, absolutely. I hopped in and it was super fun. I think I ended up on that show. I think I've guest starred and played six different characters, I think, over the years, over the four seasons. Of Sleepy Hollow? Yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. You are versatile, fun. which I tell people that, that you are. Uh, <laughs> that, that television has not yet, and film really has not yet captured all that Derek Mears can do. So I, we're going to... I, before I start talking about your your stage work, uh, <laughs> the resistance, <laughs> I, I let's 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 officially lay it out here. The uh, the attempt to get you to play the the campaign to get you to be <laughs> Blue Devil, uh, the uh. DC character you love. Now, because I, I was going to say, you say you love playing monsters, and one of the things I've noticed you post every now and then is that people do just makeup tests on you or. You have that because you post photos of yourself that's not from movies. People are just, mm-hmm. you know, in designs. So I, I think that I think the key here may be if you like Dan Cassidy, build your own Blue Devil suit. They can't. Oh say my that. god! Oh yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know what? I will pop out that uh, $130,000. No, no, we're going to keep him away from Nibiros. Uh, you know, we're not going to be anywhere near demonology. But, yes, okay, so you could do that. Let's do, let's... I just love the concept of him being trapped inside of a suit. Like, also, it's weird as a child growing up loving Blue Devil and seeing, like, you know, oh, it's a guy, oh, it's an actor who's inside, or actor stuntman inside of an actual, like, monster suit, and he gets trapped inside of it by a, you know, a demon blast, and he can't get out. I was blown away going, like, loving as a child, not knowing what my future would be. And then that full circle of the future going, wait a second, that's very, what? Now I know why I like this guy so much. I'm an idiot. I'm an absolute idiot. Well, that's a good question. You know, at what point, you know, we years ago we talked about when you got cast as Jason, like how you dre- you you dressed up as Jason for Halloween as a little kid. <laughs> and, and, and what, which is, you know, disturbing, but okay, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I've known you since you were in high school, and yeah. what? And and knew you when you were, you know, a musical comedy star uh, in, <laughs> in, in, in in college. And That's so, right. you know, at, at what point did you realize that you were going to be that actor stuntman? Honestly, no. It was crazy um, when I moved to LA. I moved to LA to do acting and comedy. And my first uh, big Hollywood audition was for at the Universal Theme Park to do the Wild Wild West stunt show. And I'm like, wait a second, half of this is physical and half of this like comedy. I'm like, I, I, I've got to do this. But I auditioned, and at the time uh, when I moved to LA, I, I wasn't my, my body at the time. I want to say more more of a deliverance body. And when they're casting for the show, they like big muscular Conan looking guys for the role that I was up for, or big like kind of heavy set hillbilly looking guys. And being that I had the deliverance body, they're like, uh, but I, because of the comedy, uh, I got cast full-time and got a full-time slot, which is lovely. And for the show, they would take actors and train them to do stunts, and they would take stunt people and cross-train them to act. So as an actor, uh, I was, uh, so I became friends with a lot of the stunt guys, and they would go, hey, we're going to go learn air ram, or we're going to go do fight things, like, you want to come with us? And I'm like, okay. And then I took a class uh, about... Um, from Sam Christian Studios in Burbank, and his class basically consists of modern mythology with, with Joseph Campbell and um, Carl Jung, and mixes it together. And with this class, I figured out with with story archetypes that I could be the big bad guy in TV and film if I worked out and trained. And so that's when I started trying to take. Uh, I had a background like family martial arts. I took every martial arts style that I could, and I started eating right and training and trying to get any, you know tips that I could and I started putting the size on and I honestly just started taking off making a name doing acting and stunts but now it's kind of got to the point where career wise that uh, I don't do the stunts anymore but I still have the skill set and sometimes I'll do fight scenes or, or whatnot um, because I, to be perfectly honest like on your resume sometimes when people put in like like multi-million dollars down for a project and they think like, oh, you're a stunt guy trying to act. Like, no, I'm professionally trained. I've been doing this for like 20 years. Yeah, and they're like, oh, so they, they have a more confident thing. So they they don't. A lot of times they don't think you can do two different skill sets, which is very strange in the in the industry. But um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just lucky, man. Like I'm always like very thankful to the universe. I'm like, if it ends right now, I'm like, it's been an amazing run. The, the adventures I've got to be on, the people I've gotten to meet, and it's just, I'm very very thankful. Well, I, I do want to pitch you a, a book ideas that I think we should. Uh, that you should create the uh, like ha- the uh, Hollywood horror icons workout and diet plan. Something. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That would be. I, I make jokes from time to time where so some of those like when you wear a full like rubber monster suit and whatnot. 
like how that just it's so taxing on your body and destroys you and like how you lose weight because you're sweating constantly go this would be a really good workout like you could send out monster suits to people and like have them on the treadmill and put like a you know a hundred pound backpack on them so they feel all right we're gonna we're gonna keep this idea live offline then uh (laughs) 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 but but you were mentioning the stunt training and so forth and many of so i have i think the last time i saw you in person was i went to see your show the resistance, the improv oh. group, which is made uh, uh, consists of many people that also have kind of that stunt training, right? Am I misrepresenting? Uh, actually, not. Yeah, uh, uh, two of the guys uh, have. A, uh, they actually just got hired at Universal to do stuff. They're they're uh, newer to the business, but um, I trained a lot of the guys for for the live action fights that we did in the show. We do in the show, uh, but we also realized that when we were going full force and the improvising fights that has scared a lot of the audience. Like when you grab your partner and flip them on stage, you know, and slam them on the ground and people are like, Oh my God, is he okay? Then it takes them out of the comedy aspect. So the, the comedy, the, the fights now have become a little more, um, cheesy, but I, dead I'm serious. Disappointed, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that about, I mean, you know, that's what I thought was so, was so bold, but, but, but it, it is a group of, of, of improvisers who trust each other, uh, for people listening. Uh, it's, you improvise an action movie, and yeah, with, yeah, it's crazy. Um, if I could do this show the rest of my life and survive, like this is what I would do. I have so much fun doing it. But in a nutshell, so people who are listening don't uh, who, who don't know what the show is, we do an a, a improvised action movie live on stage every Friday night at Champion Iowa West in Hollywood uh, on Hollywood Boulevard. And what happens is uh, we get uh, we have an audience member with a Nerf gun shoot a, uh, a nerf dart at a genre board and they hit a genre like kids adventure or uh, 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 sci-fi horror whatever it is that night and then we'll get tropes for those types of film that people like like things that see over and over again in those types of films and then we'll there's no secret hidden words we completely improvise uh, along for a movie but we have a keyboardist who scores it live we have a guy in the booth doing sound and lighting effects uh, we have stunt pads on stage where uh have some custom built where you know we'll build things uh we'll build sets we'll use each other as you know jungle gyms we'll also go out into the audience and uh and invite the audience to play with us uh so you never know what's going to happen and the thing i like the reason that we call ourselves the resistance was well before the, the current political uh, environment yes <laughs> yeah yeah uh it's not a political that. statement i know so <laughs> yeah, you better be clear we, we, yeah, it's really weird. Like when you name your your, your uh, improv show that, then uh, how many things you accidentally get tagged in on the social media? Like, oh, uh, this has nothing. Okay, I gotta get out. This is weird. <laughs> um, but the uh, uh, the reason we call it is because everyone is uh, so worried about like their social media numbers or being successful or being rich as an adult that everyone's forgotten that it's okay to be a child and play. And so when we come to the show, going look. We don't, we're not saying we're better than anybody else. Like, we want you to play with us. Like, this is not just our show. It's all of our shows who are, who are here. And I tell you, like, the guys I get to perform with are just some of the most talented improvisers. And I, I, I'm in awe of their, their, their process and their, their skills. They so I'm very, very lucky. They are great. And, uh, you know, I, it's really, we can do, like, a whole Hollywood night uh, for listeners, if you get to Hollywood, so like right now, you could go down in the afternoon, 
See the Batman 66 exhibit at the Hollywood Museum. Worth your time. You could head down to the Scum and Villainy Cantina, Uh, get your Star Wars on. And that's it. That's your weekend right there. Well, and then you go to Iowa West uh, at at Uh, 10 o'clock. I guess Scum and Villainy is open until 2, so you can see the resistance at 10. And then you can go to Scum and Villainy and and nerd out there. And it's it's right across the street. Is it right across the street? Literally right across the street. Wow. So... There you go. I I have to nerd out for a second though, because one thing you haven't mentioned is you do a fair amount of voice acting too. Oh, I've been doing though. Yeah, yeah. It's how did you how, how did you score a role on RWBY? Uh, funny enough, my uh, uh, my uh, producer from the show called up uh, or, or, or emailed me, who's a buddy of mine uh, who I met on Friday the thirteenth, and he had a different. Uh, he was uh, uh, props on Friday the thirteenth, like way back in the day. And so uh, he's now producing uh, uh, the, the shows over at, uh, some shows over at Rooster Teeth. And he's like, hey, would you want to come in and do? And I'm like, absolutely, I, I got would. It now. Yeah, because you also did uh, Red versus Blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a, so uh, you already had character. a hook with Rooster Teeth, and they were doing voiceover work. Well, this is why I man. say Derek is incredibly, incredibly talented. And, you know, it's, oh, you're so nice. I, so but, nice. But it's true. Uh, you know, you are the only person, uh, just to say, I, that I actually messaged James Gunn after I saw The Resistance and said, uh, and, and and that's when he stopped returning. <laughs> <laughs> See? Yeah, because he's like, oh, oh, God, you know Derek? Okay. No, 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 because I, I because it was like he was, you know, I just thought, oh, you got to get to see The Resistance. He's like, and I'm realizing that, oh, now McCaw's going to start, like, recommending things if I, <laughs> if I open this door. And, and I'm like, oh, it's too bad. But, you know. By the way, Nutella. Try the Nutella. <laughs> you, you know, I know, exactly. So, uh <laughs> Way. That would be. I, I want you to keep doing that as a bit. Like, just keep sending them different Groupon things. Like, hey man, check this out. <laughs> uh, oh, no, I don't, crazy, I, right? No, I think honestly, uh, and, and I totally understand. I, please, if anybody is friends with James and goes like, oh, Der- you know, Fanboy Planet has an issue. I really think he just got too big. You know, reasonably, like I don't think you anybody can DM him on Facebook anymore, um, which would make sense because I knew him from way back way back when and then suddenly he was he's guardians of the galaxy man oh i mean i'm the same way there, there's like you know we have certain friends that you know are you know have very popular tv shows or, or showrunners or whatnot who they're so busy that they they can't we're friends they can't a lot of times they don't return text if it's not like an emergency or whatever because they're just you know they're crazy busy, so I, I get it. I totally yeah, right there it. with their mom, right? Yeah. Right, right. Oh, when, <laughs> as soon as I get big, man, my mom will not get a phone call back. No, it's all over. Done. Although, Done. for God's sake, how it's not going to really happen for me, but that's all right. So, uh, Derek, we, we thank you for, for this time. If, you, like I said, if you want to hang out and talk comics, uh, we'd love to have you. Uh, if you have to leave, we we understand that as well. So I normally, uh, if I come back in the future, I would love to stay and talk about comics, but I have a, a little previous engagement that I got to take off and do. It sounds like I was saying I have to use the restroom, but I don't. <laughs> it's another weird. <laughs> like, Gam, I have a little meeting with uh, no with appointment <laughs> lavatory time. All right, well that's good. That's, uh, you got to get into yourself. That's fine. Hey, uh, so thank you so much, Derek, and and congratulations again on being Dwarf Star and. And uh, once again, to those listening, Derek Mears is the perfect Dan Cassidy, Blue Devil. <laughs> Let us make that happen. And as I said, I get it's to, the time for a Blue and Devil. And if movie. the House of Weirdness, uh, that 
the house of weirdness happens i get to be uh you know I, i'm able i'm able, able. Yeah, right, i right, wouldn't right. be kane uh you know i'm just putting myself out Stretchy. there i'm gonna ride your coattails <laughs> if i could reach up you're so tall i can't you know <laughs> <laughs> oh my god my, my face hurts with smiles i love you guys like sincerely like thank you so much for having me on and like it, it was great catching up with you uh before talking and uh Sorry, guys, continued success to you, and I, I hope you have a, uh, a great rest of the uh, podcast. Thank you, Derek. Great having you on. All right. All right. All right. Have a good night, guys. Good night. Or good day. Whatever. I don't know what time it is. All right. <laughs> good day, sir. Uh, good, I said good day. <laughs> All right. Here. Four stars. Yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, Good. All right. Bye. 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 Well, that was a great conversation. We we had to take a I'm not going to put it in the artifice. We took a break for our own previous standing engagements. <laughs> the re refilled our coffee actually. Uh we go to decaf because it is Sunday evening. It's about 8:30 mm-hmm. and yeah. Mhm. So, let us talk uh, some comics news and that is um that Mark Hamill he, Apparently, I know him. Uh, we know we are aware of who he is. Yeah. Uh, are he was rumored to be writing a comic book series for Miller World, okay, or should I say Millar World, which is the yeah. Netflix owned now imprint from Mark Millar. Miller, I, I, I'm, I think it's Millar. I'm not positive, so I until I've actually until I actually meet him, I, I don't know. Well, it ends AR, so it, it's I know, I know. So but unless it's it, it's like how I used to say Wolfman until I met Marv Wolfman, Wolfman. and understood, you know, and right. Ween, you didn't, I didn't know until someone said Neil Gaiman and introduced. It, yeah, a lot of people are uncomfortable pronouncing it that way, saying yeah. Gaiman. But anyway, back to Mark Hamill. So uh, he is going to be writing a series, and it's what is cropped up now is it might be a Hit Girl miniseries. Because they're going to re- revive Hit Girl sp- from Kick-Ass, spun out its own specific own series of miniseries. Not the character that he played in um, Kingsman. Uh, okay. You know, that, which is funny because in the graphic novel, it's he act- Mark Hamill actually is a character as Mark Hamill in the, in the graphic, graphic novel. novel. Uh, but uh, in the movie, they created a different role for Mark Hamill to play. Ah. However, I, I Hit Girl actually kind of makes sense, sort of the out of control vigilante, because his actual earlier comics writing, in addition to writing an episode, uh, an episode, a story in a Simpsons treehouse of horror, because his son oh. works for Bongo Comics. Cool. Uh, he actually hey, he actually had a miniseries from Dark Horse called The Black Pearl about a vigilante who becomes a, an unlikely kind of costumed hero. I believe I remember that one. And it's interesting because I know that he's wanted to turn that into a film for many, many mm. years. And as the world gets, shall we say, crazier, the more I think, my God, why hasn't somebody come sniffing back around? I think there's world's a world's always been crazy. It's just more accepting of it. You know? uh, well, no, but, it, but I mean the, the issues of people taking justice into their own hands and that part is, and yes. the character, the title character is not really a hero. Mm. He's mentally unbalanced right. and beating people up, you know, he's loco, shall we say. And so I think the time would be right for that. So it would be interesting with Netflix backing Millar World, and I don't know if that also changes distribution. Well, would it be interesting one day that you go on a Netflix and you go, oh, one of their comics, and you can just click and read on your television screen? Right. 
I, I don't know. That's just a prediction. I But we've talked about that before, how many studios get involved in publishers, how, like, now Disney, it's interesting taking over Fox when Fox actually invested in Boom, and everybody wants a piece of the game. Well, you know, but Ross Ritchie wants... You have a wall at home with a lot of thumbtacks and I pieces do. of yarn. People think that I'm trying to solve the mystery of someone's <laughs> murder, but I'm really just trying to the figure out field the, theory the, the shared universe. But, you know, Ross Ritchie had told me in an interview that, that we did on, on Family Planet, he said, you know, that if you don't have a ho- – if you're a combo company, you don't have a Hollywood strategy, you're either lying or you're crazy. Hmm. And so, you know, it made sense. that this or both. Or, or, well, it, it, to be into comics, man – we're we're at least crazy. We all know that to to love them as much as we do. So uh, no worse than any sports fan. I which I understand. Are we missing a sports ball game today? No. Uh, there was a all star game earlier. Okay, yeah. uh, or, or Pro Bowl. It's it's one of those. They don't call it the no, all star no. game in football. It's I know that much. because because um, in football they wait until they've determined who the uh, right. champions are. Right, and then everybody else plays in the all star game. Pro, the Pro Bowl. They don't the call Pro it the all star game. The Pro Bowl. Wow. But but none of the none of the ones that actually made it to the top of the heap are in that. Game. I've always thought that was smart. Yeah, and that's actually one of the things I've understood about about sports, and I've always thought that was a that you smart don't way put to go. The, you don't play in that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's Base, why I'm not playing baseball. I, they do it mid season. Right. I think Debbie was saying she thought the hockey they did it mid season as well. I yeah. I don't know. I but don't, uh, yeah, the, the, it's it's. Uh, it's not. It'd be bad if you were playing your your uh, your Patriots. Uh, well, so we game. go. We know that this Pro Bowl, and so we can say. By the way, February eleventh. Yes, I, mean, I should have put this up top. But February eleventh, episode five hundred. About two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks at the Seven Stars Bar and Grill. Yeah. At three p.m. Marking my calendar. I hope you do because you got to be there. If you're not there, I, uh, I'm gonna, gonna hold it with my little stick because we, <laughs> I've, I've still got it on my shelf uh, off of the Zoom. Uh, that uh, we will be recording episode 500 with a live audience. We will be set up to be heard throughout the entire bar and grill, and hope that you will come out and join us in, in the live audience. We're looking at maybe having a guest, but I can say this: we'll have prizes. One way, yeah, I was gonna get get some get some things that way. Uh, but even though you and I have not worked out the details of it, one way or another, Nate Costa will be back and participating, whether he be in person or or, or, virtual. or virtual. But yeah. I just wanted to you know say that now. I texted him as soon as I got that date and time confirmed, and I said be there and he's like i will i don't know how but i'm going to be there so we will have nate anyway let's move on with some comics news uh speaking of things that are back with we're getting nate costa back in two weeks yes and the yellow circle is coming back to batman's costume this seems a little anticlimactic it's more important than we get nate you mean like the the one that that's around the insignia the yellow yes the yellow circle they're making a big deal because i think last week we mentioned the red trunks are coming back for Action or, Comics 1000. That's the rumor. Yeah. No, no, no. It, it, it's, it's true. It's confirmed. The interesting thing about that is that now there's the conspiracy theory afoot. And I say it's only a theory. Is that that's why Doomsday Clock went bi-monthly. Because they wanted the return of Superman's trunks to happen to be on Action, Action Comics 1000. 1000. Not... Not because, as historically, <laughs> massive crossover I'm pay events. Twenty nine dollars for a hardback <laughs> no, 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 book. I take that back. And no, the banner is going to say so, the trunks are back. No, apparently they've they've split they've split that into two projects. There's a thirty dollar hardcover. Okay. But there's an eight dollar. That's the real Action Comics one thousand now. So I have to buy two of them. 
No, I think the I think I know I think the hardcover is going to be like a history of Superman and, okay. and best it's stories, not be including. Them. By okay. the way, they found a 1945 Siegel and Schuster story they'd never published. Oh, good. So that's going to be an Action Comics 1000. And granted, they sometimes seem primitive in comparison. Uh huh. It is. You want a book that is history making. You bring the trunks back, which I never liked. Now my son loved it when Justice League was it. It was called Justice League when the the new Fifty Two Justice League debuted and Superman didn't have the trunks and the uh-huh. new costume. My son was like, "Good," but I it that costume has never looked right. It doesn't look right in the movie. It doesn't look you know. It, it just doesn't look right in the comics. It doesn't look right in anime. It looks too military to me now. Okay. But you put the trunks on, he's a superhero. He's an inspiration. It's not, which I mean, they well, said. it's the icon that you grew up with and all that. Yeah. But, but it is funny. When you talk about the yellow circle returning to Batman's costumes, like every time they have changed Batman's costume, I barely registered that it changed. They changed Batman's costume every week. But I, I never register it. I, yeah. You know why? Because I was raised like, oh, the rainbow costumes. I mean, I yeah, don't yeah, know. Yeah. I, it, it's just interesting. I think because they did so many Elseworlds Batmans. Batman that it's just kind of like oh okay well that's a good take well I I remember when when I became aware really really aware of Batman was when the TV show was on and it was when the merchandising for the TV show was on and the yellow shield around the bat symbol made it something like it was a button it was a it was more of an emblem whereas a black bat was just going to disappear on any kind of dark background it's just not going to show although the the circle showed up before the show yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, I, yeah, I, I know, yeah, I know, in I know. comics, yeah. But the merchandising happened after the show. I mean, there wasn't wasn't a lot of merchandising of Batman before. No, but if you want to go to the Batman sixty six exhibit in the then Hollywood see Museum, it all. I, not all of it. That's well, what's interesting. Is as, as I say, I you know, I I still say I know that there are pieces. They had a simplicity. They had a simplicity. Um, uh, what do they call them? Pattern. Pattern. That was not as old as the one my mother used to build me a uh, uh, Batman costume. The I, I'd say the oddest, most obscure thing, and I turned to Stephen and said, "I had that was that there was this metal frame because now they do these uh, perla beads, and I guess uh-huh. maybe that's the same thing. There's this metal frame where you could create like your stained glass window." Batman and Robin and I had them so that one of those is hanging there it's not actually from 66 yeah because it was like 70 71 but I love seeing the um the big little book you know me and my big and I'm like yeah yeah, yeah. but the books that the the, the little paperbacks that they had oh, three yeah. Batman versus the three villains of doom I can remember finding that book at a flea market and just being so excited right. because there was a novel, you know, I had no right, idea. Right, right. But but I had all those paperbacks that were like Batman versus the Penguin reprints of the forty stories mm-hmm. and and kind of ran, so I, I had all that all the records and I didn't have the records oh. and so that's what's you know anyway cool but that was last week's podcast yeah yeah uh-huh, it's old news no but anyway uh, so, so the, the yellow. Yellow circles, circles coming back, coming right. as well as it's an oval. Really, it's not a circle. That they're saying that there's a rumor of a Hawkman series, but after Metal, I was kind of assuming Hawkman returning was a given. I just, you know, so they're like suddenly that's news this week, and I'm like, have you not noticed how Hawkman centric Metal is? is? Still a event, you know. It's, it's, I guess you know. I but I like I I think I bought every Hawkman. Revival since Crisis on Infinite Earths. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I'm really. Ew. I'm too young to have bought 
No, I mean, seriously, when it was first in the 60s revived. Yeah. So I didn't have any issues from, uh, or like when it was Hawkman and the Atom. Um, so I guess really it was, yeah, all I would have had access to was there was a Hawkman miniseries thing in the early 80s. So I bought everything. I've always liked Hawkman, though he rarely translates well onto film. Yeah, I think my experience with him was mostly Justice League. Yeah. 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 And so uh, I'm looking forward to you do a good Hawkman book, and most of them have been. I guess the problem with Hawkman is one of those characters that when you redefine who he is, the arc can only go so long before it feels like you're really running. Like Hawkworld right. was great. But when you try to make Hawkworld almost endless, yeah, it didn't work, and then Crisis messed things up anyway. But you know that that's all there, and then there was the recent death of Hawkman. But like I say, you know, what if they put Hawkman on Krypton on that sci-fi series? I don't know. It'd be a great time for Hawkman. But you could, you know, that that Jeff Johnson, James Robinson one that they did, or yeah, it was James Robinson did that Hawkman revival. Where it was almost like Raiders of the Lost Ark and really playing up the archaeologist, DC could do worse than yeah. to Warner Brothers could do worse than to make a Hawkman movie that was like a Raiders of the Lost Ark with wings. Yeah, at least that would. I mean, the the character is has a complex origin and history, but essentially he's flying and he uses old style weapons. Yeah, and you know, and artistically. It was ripping off the Hawkmen from Flash Gordon. Yes, indeed. Not the ones from the TV show. No, no, no. no. You know, as long as it doesn't show up on sci-fi, we've said that. You know, yes, it's yes, like yes. Uh, the, the CW's already had. Uh, most yeah, I see that being pitched at, at, at sci-fi. Like, we can do a Hawkman show. We already have the costumes left over from <laughs> We have Flash the leather Gordon. jackets. No, no, no. <laughs> because, you know, both both Smallville had Hawkman, and it looked okay. Mm-hmm. And DC's Legends of Tomorrow's had, Tomorrow had Hawkman and Hawkgirl. So, you yeah. know, it, it's, it's all good. Um, before I go to what's in the bag, should we just talk Doomsday Clocks separately? Because I haven't read the latest issue. I've I, I jumped through it a little bit, but I haven't read the latest issue. Well, the I one that disturbed you so much. Oh yeah, you saw that. I, I, I read I, I read, read enough to realize what you were talking about, and then I set it aside because I like to read that one without anything else going on. So yeah, I, it's a book that has me torn, yeah. and so I I. I you know, it, but it is the top selling book, and that's why I think it's it's almost news that they did write a, a good article on on why you're disturbed about it. Right? And that's yeah, and yeah. that's and that that's what I I just I would love to have people comment back to say, yeah. tell me what you think. Like my son enjoys Doomsday Clock, but he hasn't read Watchmen, and I was trying to think what sequel. Now it may be I I had a better analogy than my. Well, it's not as bad as Highlander two in terms of rewriting. Yeah, yeah. but well, I mean, when you when you look at something, and when you look at an event where the pivotal uh, the the opening pivotal shocking event gets undone in kind of a half handed way, that feels like it's not honoring the original. It it does because you wanted to use that character again, and it's not like um, I'm trying to think. Oh, it's not like the Rorschach character because that's not the same right. character. Right, right, and there's a revel, and there's still, I guess, people are are confused as to who he is, even mm-hmm. by the end of it, issue three. Because you're going to remember, in and spoiler alert, in the original one, he gets disintegrated in the original. Um, yeah, 
you know. Well, no, no, no. no. They the show end. who he, he unmasks. The new Rorschach unmasks at right. the end of episode three. No, no, three. I mean, no, no. But in the original, um, yeah, in the original comics, at the, the in the last, and when they're all having the showdown event, he he's going to walk away, and he he's done in. So. What I'm saying, the guy wearing the mask, I think I know who it is, and people from, are confused from the original. And, and, you think it's the newsstand kid? I think it's the newsstand kid. Yeah. Which makes the most sense, except we all just assumed he died. I think we go there because he's really the only black character that we get to know in the first My other thought was series. a therapist. Yeah, no, okay. But I but when it but too, might make some interesting. But he's too it's too young and he has a clear mm-hmm. mem uh, post post traumatic stress of of the, of event. Seeing the, of the event. Yeah. So um you know and, and that actually made sense to me. There's also uh something else involving um the mime and marionette. Right, you mentioned that, and oh, I like them. But there's an but there's a, a step further that I don't want to spoil. But I realized today, as I was thinking about, well, will we talk about it? There's a thing about the timeline that actually would make sense if this is what I think is going to happen. Okay, so um, there are many things to say. Oh, well, We're going to call, call that vague casting. Vague casting. <laughs> I mean, I have to because right. you haven't read it and. Right. It was funny because... But I kind of know what you're talking about. Because I booked it. Like, after work in Austin, I looked up where the comic book shows. I booked it because I got to read Doomsday Club. I, right. You know, it's right. almost, it's not hate reading because it's well done. Gary Frank's art is, that art is so amazing. gorgeous on yeah. this. I love him. And Jeff John's writing is good. It just feels like he's being naughty. Like, mm-hmm, you told me Smirking I couldn't naughty. do a sequel to, yeah, yeah. to Watchmen. And since he was undoing stuff, but I got the last. Actually, no, somebody at the store uh, at his Hops and Heroes, they were actually doing a book club, and uh-huh. they were going to discuss the first two issues. Okay, but one of the employees gave me her copy. Oh, that because nice, they were all sold out, and I got in there like just before they so closed. I'm out of town, I've got nothing to read. That's just basically what it said. And then what else is there? You know, she goes, "Yeah, I'm only buying it because we do the book club." So um, it was it was very kind. And, you know, so it, it, it's, like I say, it's it's very popular. And at a time when comic shops are struggling, this is the book yeah. saving because everybody's talking about it. I'm just really torn. And I feel, you know, on the other hand, I would assume that using the characters, that at least Dave Gibbons gets some uh, residuals yeah. on it. And that's the only thing that's making me feel even the slightest bit morally okay with it. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, yeah. we'll see. We shall see. Let's talk what's in the bag. What's at the stop, top of your bag? Well, I, I told you a little bit before we started that there's one book right now that I think is quickly turning. With only two issues under my belt, it's quickly turning into my favorite uh, magazine right now. And that is Marvel 2-in-1, the number two in a Fantastic Four-style two-in-one thing. And The Human Torch, uh, this, is, um, this is a book that hits me in all the feels. Uh, it, and literally all the feels because it's like there's dread, there's joy, there is fear, <laughs> there is uh, regret. Um, the idea that the idea is that Johnny is really having trouble dealing with the fact that Sue and Sue and Reed are gone, and the kids are gone, and on top of that, his powers are flaking out. He's starting to lose his his uh, flame powers. Although we did learn an interesting trivia bit. This is not really a spoiler. But he really, he reveals in this 
this episode that every time he flays on this issue, every time he flames on, he destroys all the dirt on his body that and 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 it brushes his teeth too so every time no you know that's in the marvel handbook is it okay i remember that because that came out when i was in high school my buddy mark ropers if you're listening mark uh shout out to you like we would actually discuss those explanations they had about like how everything power works so yes i but he also he also complains and he complains about uh and this was something that had come up before that uh they complained about the uh, how bad the com- the animated show was that they were, that was going on on about the Fantastic Four. The, the Fantastic Four was complaining about the show that everyone was complaining about that first season of the two season most recent Fantastic Four show uh, animated series. And in this one, he's he's complaining about the comic book that they that apparently they have kept running without any notice that Sue and Reed are not on Earth anymore or around but they're keeping the comic book running and he feels that's not that's just not right that's just uh, that's not honoring the uh, the characters i understand how johnny feels because what i'm having trouble dealing with is that we are now officially both older than reed richards yes and that just seems wrong establishes victor von doom in college in 1998 won a won a trophy that uh, some shenanigans happen with, but this is a this is a book. Like I said, it's all the feels, and it it really is amping up to be the kind of book that Fantastic Four was in its best moments. And my own well, and we'll get a Fantastic Four book b- back. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure that, it's going to come out that of it's this. Returned, but but my disappointment with it as a title is that I loved as a kid. Marvel getting two Marvel 2-in-1. With and, a rotating. With a, because yeah. each issue, maybe they would do two-issue arcs, but it was just, I just loved the random team-ups. But it, And it was the, and for the longest time, 2-in-1 was the thing and other right, people. Right, right, And if it's one person, you'd go, well, obviously he's going to team up with every in the Marvel Universe. It wouldn't necessarily be the thing, but it worked. And, and that's why I loved it. it it's, uh, and, and when you would see all those different logos that didn't necessarily have books you know attached to it's like uh, as as this weekend cleaning out a little bit in the garage and come and finding right. my slurpee cups oh, i saw those. and people think it was only mon allen howard the dog it's just that those were two i was like oh, i have to photograph this because i immediately like pulled it out and went oh there's my howard the dog like i found it it like, <laughs> was calling to me i separated it out it's not going to stay stay lost in the garage anymore but how i had all those yeah and what i loved about those cups was uh, there are some really bizarre characters that were deemed worthy of Slurpee oh, Cups. Uh, uh, War of the Worlds. The, the, uh, Kill the Raven. Kill Raven. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had that one. I don't know where it is. Um, but the other, the other thing about this book, Marvel, Marvel 2 and 1, is it's a callback to, I think it was Strange Tales. Didn't, didn't Strange that Tales? Was, that was the two of them, yeah. Had, had featured the thing and, and the Human, human Torch. torch. Yeah. Uh, and so, again, highly recommend this series it's only issue number two you can go back and get issue one you'll enjoy it it's the joy of reading comics is in this this well that is that is good let me stay let me stay marvel just for a second because Ah. this book i'm sure only exists because it is one of the best television series of superheroes that i've ever ever seen it is really cool legion as a comic book character, you would think that legion has marvel's legion marvel's legion right not legion superheroes sorry that was my slurpee cup Peter Milligan, who always has this weird thing going on, and I was just reading uh, over. Uh, let's see, it was either AfterShock or IDW that ran uh, that started uh, 
kid lobotomy and i picked it up because peter peter milligan it's just a little too weird for me but legion and no offense mr milligan uh legion is the son of charles xavier right. david holler who's got many personalities with different powers trapped inside his head grew up in muir island and i thought it was all resolved so this is a six issue miniseries and I think they got an artist who is close enough to like Chris Bocciolo, who to me has always worked really well with, uh-huh. with uh, both on the character Legion and and also worked really well with Peter Milligan. So it, it's kind of cool, and he's sort of it, it's very because he's clearly cast. And I you know I love looking at art where they I'm thinking are they thinking that if this character were to translate to television, there's a specific actor. Or actress who could play it. So, um, and I, I don't know her name, but the woman who plays Tahani on Good, uh, The Good Place uh-huh. is very clearly the photo model for who is going to be Legion's therapist. And you could totally see it. And But it was actually a good read. It was a fun, it, it was, I shouldn't say a fun because it, it, there's always something a little creepy and disturbing about Legion. Oh, yes. Um, but it was a good kind of reintroduction. And what I think is probably the best, and I should say, should have said up front, you don't need to read X-Men. His Before history is like, boom, that's it. Yeah. This is the problem. I need to get this solved. It doesn't really have anything to do with the rest of the X-Men. Good. And so if you're interested, if you like the show, this could be coexistent with the Marvel Comics universe, but it does. But it doesn't matter. And that's what more of this kind of stuff should be doing. Good. Yeah, so... Excellent. There we go. So my second one is actually a reprint, and it's actually several reprints. It's uh, Steve Niles and Bernie Wrightson's Frankenstein Alive Alive Trio, which is one of the stranger titles of the year. But it's Frankenstein Alive Alive was three issues that came out starting in 2012. Uh, the second issue came out in 2014. I don't know when the th- or maybe it's the third issue came out in 2014. So this is um, the first. And we should say delayed because the late Bernie Wrightson yes. w- had suffered tremendous health problems near the end. But still loved drawing up until. He no longer could. Yeah. And uh, there we go. Um, you look at this and it's it's Wrightson. You, you don't go, this is this is Wrightson on the way down or anything like that. It's This is, this is pure, beautiful. Uh, pen, ink, uh, you know, a lot of sketched in hashed halftones. And there's an intriguing Frankenstein story here. This this fell out of the Wrightson portfolio of Frankenstein um, images. I can't remember how many there were, like somewhere 12 maybe, um, that were also incorporated which we t- in a hardback. We, we, which we've talked about, man. Yeah. They absolutely need to reprint. Because yeah. I've, I've looked up online. Those things are so expensive right now. Yeah. And there needs to be an addition for New Generation Street of his illustrated version of Frankenstein. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's no doubt. affordable for kids. For, I say kids, but really, high school kids read that book and you, love it. You can you can stare and... and there aren't a lot of images in that in that illustrated edition, but you can you can right, about twelve. You can spend you know fifteen twenty minutes looking at all the detail in each one of them, and it's, it's just gorgeous. amazing. The it's lab gorgeous. scenes are 
And we talked about that when he passed away. Yeah. 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 So um, this is uh, from IDW, and it's an $8 book, but it's, it's uh, I don't know how many, it looks like it's probably about 80, 80 pages maybe. Um, and, and let's be honest, it's cheaper to buy the $8 book than it would be to buy the first three issues that it collects. Right. And uh, you can get it, you can get it uh, digitally. It's also $8. And issue four is supposed to come out in January, but we suspect it's going to be probably early February. Well, we have one last Wednesday to do that. Yeah, the we'll fourth see. issue is art by Kelly Jones, who yeah. is uh, draws an awful lot like yes, he uh, does. Like Bertie writes, and and so I, I I'm glad to see that finished. Yeah. And I like Steve Niles' work, and so I I'm going to have to find. It was gone from elusive comics games, but I'm sure that I will be visiting another shop. It's this an week. interesting cover too, because the it's a foil print on the title, and I swear I've been looking at this. If there's not light on it, you can't see the you can't see the foil at all, and then you'll tilt it a little bit. You see a little hint of it. It's very almost supernatural. So, all right, so. I'm I'm gonna put a reprint as well. Oh, nice! That I picked this up in Austin. Uh, I knew I was in the right shop once again. To Hobson, shout out to Hobson Heroes. Because they had a small, a small uh, display of Rocketeer different toys. Okay. And I thought, oh, good. So I, I like you guys already because this is one of my favorites. So last last week, the uh, IDW collected the best of their Rocketeer adventures, and it really was a best of. And that had been a short, you know, like how many that's, issues? That's quite a list of creators on the left. Uh, yes. So. There, there, there was it like a six issues of that of yeah, of the Rocketeer uh, there Adventures. Been, there have been at least two series of like six issues each of Rocketeer. But these Adventures. were short stories, yeah. and I know, and there have They're been many like series, four to five pages each. But this is exactly you've got Kurt Buschak, you've got uh, Mike Kaluta, Stan Sakai, and uh, here's the thing: like I did not realize. And I, I guess I bought the Rocketeer Adventures issues, and I think. I, there must have been a couple I didn't read because I did not remember John Cassidy yeah. drawing one in which I was like, if ever he wanted to just do a six-issue miniseries of his own story and there is no better artist to carry on from Dave Stevens. I'd agree. They're slightly different. I'd agree. Slightly, but both of them had the cinematic and the Cassidy's love for the little, time. A little more earthy. Then, yeah, then. but his Betty, his Betty looks like Betty Page. Yeah, his, his Cliff looks in the kind of scrawny way that uh-huh. Cliff really was in the in the original Dave Stevens books. Which you know we were talking earlier uh, last week about things we've bought all the different reprints of. Uh-huh. Rocketeer, I've probably bought in three or four different editions. I don't have yeah. the latest, like the hard, the huge hardback. Or do I? I don't know. I have it. I, have it. I've, I know I've bought it many times because yeah. it's just so gorgeous. And every time they come up with a better way of reproducing Stephen's art, I do it. I yep. give in. Um, so I like that cover. The, the Funko Pop, the Funko cover, Pop Rocketeer. Which is one of the few Rocketeer toys I actually don't have. Uh, so I need to find that. But I even have the you know the ornament, the, the Hallmark ornament. And I don't know how that got made because it was only like four or five years ago that they did one. Yeah. And and Disney keeps saying there's every now and then you hear rumbling that they're going to do a remake slash sequel to it. Um, I just love this, and it was just this really was a best of. And the only artist who's sort of out of character with the rest is Dan Sakai, and 
Because he's a little it. more cartoony. Well, he does. Yeah. You know, the style of Usagi Ujimbo. Yeah. Um, so it is a little more cartoony, but it was a beautiful story. And uh, and Doc Savage makes an appearance in here unnamed. Uh, I missed that issue entirely. I gotta... So there is a Monk, Ham, and Doc are in the, I think are in the John Cassidy one. So, uh, yeah, this is this is worth picking up. I don't know if you'd get the the Funko Pop cover. If that, I think this is an alternate. And again, as I mentioned at Hops and Heroes, I was I got somebody else's last copy of Doomsday. What's Clock. the subtitle there? Uh, the best of Rocketeer Adventures. The best. Of- it's a one shot. So this really is this four ninety nine. If you do not know if you like the Rocketeer, there the only way better to know if you'd like the Rocketeer is to buy. Dave Stevens original. This is the best continuation. That's five bucks. Five bucks. Yeah. This was great. Joy to read, as you say, like with Marvel 2 and 1. It was joyous. Excellent. My last one is, uh, this is not necessarily a public service announcement, but this is just to set... (laughs) To set uh, expectations, perhaps. Rick Brechneider talks seriously with teens so now about know. Avengers Infinity Tonight, War. Tonight on a very special Fanboy Planet podcast. Do, 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 do. Avengers Infinity War Prelude, one of two. And, you know, these, I'm a sucker for these. I always buy them. And when I've bought them and I read them, I go, I should not have bought that one. You feel dirty, don't I you? Feel, I feel... Unclean, I, not dirty. No, I feel, Unclean, I feel it's like different. I've, I feel like I got, I got taken. You got took. I got took. Yeah! So this is the prelude, but really it's 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 almost like it's almost like the outtakes from the end of the previous movies. I have not bought a single one of those movie tie-ins. Yeah. Uh, this one starts off with it's at the end. It's the it it's the scenes leading up to the the fight between Winter Soldier, Cap, and Iron Man, um, and then it, it fills in some of the cracks. So we actually see Cap and his team um, breaking into the prison to mm-hmm. free the rest of the uh, Wanda and Hawkeye and. Um, Ant-Man. Uh, Ant-Man, and uh, there's at least four of them in there. Um, and because we didn't see that scene, we only see the aftermath of the fact that right. Cap came in. So we get to see the fight, which is okay. Um, we do get uh, we get a very, very, very... I'm going to show you the drawing of Tony Stark. He looks like Miracle Man. Yeah, I no, it's, I don't like it. He's he's drawn angry all the time, angry and weathered to the point where he's he's got no fat content in his face, which you need fat content in your face. You don't need a lot, but you just need I, some. I do have a lot. You you have an expressive amount in your face. That's the, probably the nicest thing you've ever said to me. So um, the raft, the, there's a break in at the raft, and we have we then do get to see the. Avengers on the run um, take down some terrorists, and it's part of a part of a uh, a mission that they're doing before they take. And this is the lead-in. Oddly enough, not to Infinity War, but to Black Panther, because we get um, well, because that's got to happen first. We get we get Cap and Bucky 
going to Wakanda so that Bucky can have brain surgery essentially well, and lose all his 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 trigger words. And well, and that was the last scene of of civil uh, civil war. That, right? but we get to see what happens next in that. And then we end up with kind of a... It's just going to be a line of dialogue in Black Panther. I I suspect it's going to be about this whole book, um, not counting the stuff we've already seen in previous movies, it's probably two or three minutes of the movie that's coming up. So, um, will I buy issue two? Yes. Because I bought (laughs) issue one. Uh, And I've got to... Step right up to see the eighth wonder of the world. Identical twins. Like I said, it's not necessarily a PSA. There were some interesting parts to this. There's a there's a nice aside thing where Wanda has to get dropped off somewhere, and he's she's walking down the street with a man, and you can just barely see a faint glow on the man's forehead. You can't necessarily tell that it's the which vision. explains why he is able to be uh, right a human form in in right. Infinity so it doesn't War. explain it, but it pre it sure precedes, okay. precedes that. So All right. so again, Avengers Infinity War preview issue one of two. All right. <laughs> So let me go here. Again, one of the high points for me of getting to visit a different shop on a Wednesday when I'm trying desperately not to buy something that I know is on my pool list. What can I, you know, can I resist? Is I'll pick up something, some things that I wouldn't ordinarily, because I'm also thinking about the podcast, right? So I picked this book up because, again, it was the only one. They only had one copy left at Hops and Heroes. Uh, Ice Cream Man. Uh-huh. What a great superhero name. But it's not a superhero book. I reviewed this on Family Planet as well. Um, I've been hearing a lot, but is it, it a series or is it a one shot? It's a mini series, okay. uh, or it might be not. I, I don't. I can't tell if it'll be an ongoing. It's, is there it's, a number on the cover? It's number one, but okay. I mean, it, I, I know that. What I mean by I don't know if it's going to be limited or if this is, a, is oh. if they've got a lot of creepy things to talk about. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's closet full. It's bright and sunny, and the and I thought. And it was almost like setting up like this ice cream man is the, going to be the serial the prote- killer. No, it's the protector of the kids. Oh, okay. And that's not where it's going. It's a town almost like uh, being in Stranger Things. Uh-huh. That there's so much weird stuff. My favorite line joke being in there is like, we got 31 flavors of weird in a book called, you know, uh, Ice Cream Man. We got 31 flavors of weird S. You know, and I thought, uh, that, that was clever writing. I'm, I'm with it. I'm down with it. He has a specific ability where he can turn things into ice cream cones. and But he's not really using that power for good. Hmm. And so it's it's a lot creepier than you might think from the cover. And I, so it's a, it's a kind of a creeping horror book. It's really well done. It was, I picked it up because, yes, I've been getting, seeing a lot of critical acclaim, but I think most of the critical acclaim I was seeing were emails from Image saying, you really want to pick up Ice Cream Man. And, but I'm, I'm really glad I read it and that I bought it. And I think I'm going to have to at least see this one through. If, if it is a miniseries, great, because I don't know if I want to be buying for three, four years. But if it's, if it's an ongoing, I have to see at least the first six issues. Because it was kind of the kind of un- as I've said before, the older I get, the more the strangely more I'm into horror than I was as a kid. Yeah, and this is really good. I, I read the preview pages in preview, um, and I was impressed by the the art style is really the solid. Art is great, um, and and I was I was kind of like going, okay, this is all happiness, and, and he's the ice cream man. So I was thinking it's going to be like one of those 
Uh, yeah. He's the cannibal in the town. He's but he, little kids get turned into ice cream or something like that. But it's no. no it's although a, that would be a good arc. It's no. like an uh, anthology kind of. No, it's just a lot of I I, I don't know. I, I don't want to spoil. There's okay. you know. It, Nothing is as it seems, I guess, is the best thing I can say. About and the world today. That, that's probably true, too. <laughs> uh, let's uh, take a moment now to cry ourselves into movies. Um, a lot of... Did you buy a movie pass? I did not. I did not either. And Were we it, smart? I think so. Okay. Someone, uh, I won't name names, has been hyping to me I should buy a movie pass. And this week it uh, came came to pass that some people went to certain AMC theaters that had been uh, in a deal with Movie Honoring. Pass. Yeah. And, well, no, apparently that's not the way it works. It's like, it's not that the theaters honor it. It's Movie Pass Reimburses allows you to use that theater. So right now there is a war going, a, a battle. A struggle between AMC and specifically, but there may be more coming to it. That Movie Pass's model is this is like ten bucks a month, and you can go every day. I saw the same thing at Cinemark, only it's it's nine dollars, and you get to go once a month. That's their own internal. Yeah, yeah. So, but you got like twenty percent off on food and right, and that seems else. to be the crux of the issue. Yeah. Is that is that. Uh, Movie passes realized, or probably already did realize, they weren't going to make their money off of movie tickets. Mm. So now they're asking, can they get a piece of the popcorn? Because in reality, once of those, how the how the popcorn is made behind the behind the silver how screen, the money is made. Movie because I've wor- I've worked at many movie theaters yeah. and. There, the money does not really come from box office. It's from concessions, and that's why concessions cost more. Right. Because that's and why where you can't bring, you're not supposed to bring, bring your, your own, own concessions. Which AMC allowed you for a while, and then they stopped because, yeah. But it's also why now AMC's open bars in almost every one of the AMC's. And that's like, brilliant. And how much of your of your alcohol pass money has been going to <laughs> to MacGuffins? I love that. I usually get a glass of wine before a movie. Yeah, and and Cinemark has at least um, the one in Mountain View has as a bar. The too. one in Santana Row has a bar too. Okay, yeah. I haven't been in Santana Row in a while, and I usually go to Oak Ridge. That's where I saw Shape of Water. Well, we should talk a little bit. This is probably the most genre heavy. In the respect, quote unquote, respectable categories for Oscars, uh-huh. that it's been, even though many people were upset that Wonder Woman was not nominated for anything, it was a surprise. Uh, but The Shape of Water and Get Out were both nominated for Best Picture and Best Director and Yay. Best Screenplay, Yay. and Logan was nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay. And I think, and then there, it's there's only a good thing. The character, the the. The film editing and special effects, of course, went to a lot of fan right. popular movies, which they usually do. But uh, there is a there is a nomination for uh, film score, I think, that uh, Last Jedi got into. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it at least got one Oscar nod for John Williams. I, I am a little bit surprised. I that that neither Carrie Fisher posthumously nor Mark Hamill were nominated because the, because those were performances of, of, of no, a lifetime. Yeah. I mean, regardless of, of sadly what happened. By the way, tonight as we're recording, Carrie Fisher just won a Grammy for the audio book of the Princess oh, nice. Diaries. Oh, nice. Uh, uh, so, 
Uh, is that what, no, it's, it's not called The Princess Diaries. Uh, it's a pun off of that, though. Dang it. But anyway, she just before... Her we, most recent book? Her most recent she book. Read, she did the audio version? Yes. So she okay. just she just won the Grammy. Yeah. So uh, before we started recording, which I thought was really cool. Uh, so yeah, you, we had talked about Get Out before Shape of Water. We didn't really talk about it on the podcast. You just saw it. I saw it a few weeks ago. I love the movie. If Universal had had that, half a brain, that would that was been, the Creature from the Black Lagoon that reboot. The creature, uh, that would have been perfect for that. And it, it was so much better than any other ones they have done. It's, that's really the frustrating thing. And in every way better, because not only as the mechanics of making a film and the creation of that period in time and that environment is flawless. And then there's a sense of it through the whole film and the end just really brings it home as a fable or a fairy tale or something that lets you believe in, in magic. And there's you, magic and, and in the you world. Know, and you know what? I mean, there's the problem with... Now, I, I didn't see Dracula Untold, which was the first yeah. supposed... And then they said, no, that's not it. And then the mummy, you know, but I, so I did see the mummy. And what I was struck by watching The Shape of Water is it gets it too, is that it's the the universal monsters originally, those stories were very small. And I think it's the problem with filmmaking. They're very personal. And, but they're small in scope. Yeah. Creature from the Black Lagoon it's all literally in the stays lagoon. in the lagoon. And right. it's five or six people going it's basically what a the locked F is room going story. on yeah, yeah you know they're on the and, boat they can't and go frankenstein anywhere. is you know like it's really six or seven characters yeah. dracula is small yeah. and the mummy is small uh, you know all those original films yeah but what's happening with the attempt of the dark universe and everybody thinking they're gonna have is reminds me of what happened in comics back in the early 90s when everybody launched a universe. Even my beloved Dark Horse had that world's greatest comics, or I, I, think, I can't remember what the name of their comics greatest worlds, where Ghost came out of it. The Ghost, Ghost. X, yeah. um, some characters that were interesting, but because it was twelve books at once, the market could not bear it. Right, and people couldn't warm up to it. They couldn't buy all of them at once on a on a no. Whim. And and both X and Ghost have been revived in various times. Completely Ghost separated. Ghost was really good. I loved Ghost. Don't get me wrong. No. I think it's, I think some really good stuff came out of it. But you could you can't launch a universe with the plan of launching a universe. Right. Even Detective Comics did not originally do that. They were unrelated characters. The only thing that stayed was consistent when you read like old the first couple of years of DC is that everybody would say keep him flying because it was Hop Harrigan was the Donenfeld's right. favorite you know character. Superman was not meant to to share. It was it took a couple of years. I, I love reading those stories and saying the evolution of how it didn't even occur to them to have supervillains for a few years. Right and or the event of Superman and Batman shaking hands on the cover. And, well, and that was, and they didn't inside. Right. Like you didn't, they they didn't team up to later. You know, All Star All Star Comics was such a big revelation of ooh, let's put them all on the same team. But that was a couple of years later. Yeah, nobody knew who was going to be popular. It's just luck. And of course, there are a lot of those characters that don't exist anymore. Uh, you know, that dropped out of the Justice Justice Society because nobody bought the solo stuff. Right. So, I mean, it's one of the Spectre doesn't, doesn't last very long in there. You know, back so, to Shape of Water. Back to Shape of Water. Well, I'm just saying with, with how that should have been. And, and he had uh, gone to Universal 
and they talked to him about doing Creature from the Black Lagoon. And I look at that and go, that was it. I would have, yeah. and that would have made more money. Maybe not launched a universe, but it would have had more cachet, name recognition, because you go to a park and you see Creature from the I mean, that's truthful. Why my son wanted to watch Creature from the Black Lagoon in the first place was because we'd gone to Universal Studios a couple times. He kept seeing pictures of it. And so he said, do you have that? And I said, yeah. So we watched it and he, and he liked it and we watched King Kong and next we have to watch the Wolfman, you know, because I have that box Blu-ray set of all, uh, of all the original horror films. Yeah. And they're all so good. But there's so much to Shape of Water. We could do a whole show just tearing that movie apart. I, I think I think all people that, already have. Actors, I think people perfect. already have. And I, I you know, I, yeah. I don't mean to, but this is a year. I am disappointed that Wonder Woman did not get a nod. But I also think, I, I want to say this. Ultimately, the Oscars don't matter because it, we think to, we think they do. Yeah. But I'm going to watch The Shape of Water. I'm going to watch The Last Jedi. I'm going to watch Get Out, regardless of whether or not they win. Things. I'm going to watch oh, yeah, those movies sure. again because you know you saw Get Out. I've seen it I think three times, and I find something new. I could do a whole show about right. how damn clever he is in setting this up and and it just it, it's the performances the characters who you think are one way but are actually but a it's a way. great yeah. film even just sim, sim, symbolically it's like watching casablanca honestly every time i watch casablanca something new comes up mm. i'm like oh that clicked and that's how i feel watching get out that is a brilliant film Coco should have been nominated best picture but i know they're not going to compete it yeah but regardless of what song wins Remember me? That's the one that's going to make me cry every time yep. I hear it. Yep. You know, it's it's what a beautiful, yeah. That's again, you know, we you you got to see Coco at the at the uh, El Capitan, yep. but that's one I'm trying to convince my son who was past in that age. I'm like, I don't see cartoons in the theater. I'm like, oh no, you need to see that one. Too. He goes, I'll babysit and I'll watch it. You know, with the with the with the cousins, and I'm like. I really just want to take you again so I have an excuse to cry next to you. You know? (laughs) But I really want to I don't think that's a selling pitch for him. No, it's not. It's not. (laughs) We we, we haven't gone to the movies together in a long time, but that's the the age. So um, speaking of upcoming movies, uh, I do want to mention on the site, I've been running these fan-made posters for Black Panther that kick butt over every poster Marvel has ever made as far as – it's not Marvel's fault – this is movie marketing where you do these character posters. And it's, it's all the photoshopped layers of multiple yeah. characters in, so that every inch of the poster is well, covered with Well, Atlanta-based Atlanta graphic designer Detrick Maddox proved you can still Photoshop and do something truly creative and new. Yeah. And I actually, I do think that the the official Black Panther poster is interesting. The Afrofuturism mm-hmm. is, is – but I really love these fan posters. And I – and – I think that they're actually they've gotten the attention of at least Casada. So I and if you are getting ready as we are ramping up for Black Panther coming in a few weeks, a few short weeks, uh, I have spent some time in the last week using the Marvel Comics Unlimited app and going back and reading the run, the Marvel Knights run, which is probably the most influential character-wise. Uh, Priest, and then uh, Christopher Priest is currently writing Justice League of America. And uh, the first six are Mark Texera, and uh-huh. then the second six are Joe, I think it's Joe Jusco, 
doing the artwork. Sounds right. Yeah. So it's they're beautifully done, really cool, and so you can already see, and you can see how much from the trailers come out of what Priest was setting up. And I mean, there's a lot of Black Panther stuff around. Like it is a different Killmonger for me, but. I'm still intimidated by the guy, so that works. Yeah, yeah. So I, if you're looking to do some back reading, there, of course, Donahue Coates' current Black Panther book is great. But if you really want to know where the movie borrowed a lot, took a right. lot from, it's it's that priest run. So that's 1998 in paperback. You can pick those up, and uh, yeah, I have Superior I reading. I yeah. put them on. The, I put them on the side. I put the first for four volumes on the on the site so there's a direct link under the movie posters um we were I, I don't know if we talked about how uh star wars the last jedi kind of tanked in china hmm. and they don't really have a great uh, they don't have a connection to star wars the way the way the rest of the world does so it was beaten by the third movie in a trilogy of a romantic comedy uh, that was chinese developed uh, so homegrown, I guess. Yeah. So the rumor is now that Solo, which they should just change for us too. They should just not call it Star Wars here. They should just say uh, a movie that features a character that looks like, you know, uh, they just call it Calrissian. In a different galaxy far, far, far away. <laughs> uh, but they're going to rename it Ranger Solo in China and not advertise the Star Wars connection. Interesting. To see, you know, separated out enough, I guess, as a story that yeah. it makes sense that, you know, we, and and I, I, I got into a couple of debates last week uh, online about why haven't we seen a trailer? And someone said, well, it'll probably drop with Black Panther. Like Disney is, yeah. you know, they had to let the Last Jedi hype go away a little bit, I guess. Right. You know, yeah. it's interesting. I don't know that we've we've been in this kind of franchise situation before where it's you have two films well i mean you have superheroes i guess a film set in the same universe but in different time wildly different time periods and they're not and they're, and they're too close together so I'm saying, so we you know it's just kind of interesting that we haven't seen anything but maybe with black panther which they're saying is probably going to be is on track i guess because of the sales already advanced sales it's the best solo film, Marvel film, Marvel film uh, as so far as box. How many times have you seen Last Jedi? Just once. Me too. And I think that's the first time in a long time. I'm I'm thinking it's been when did it, it came out? December, mid middle of December. Yeah. We're at the end of January. It's been you know, let's say roughly six weeks. <sighs> and I'm like going. I think I need to go see it again in a theater. And I just realized that it's playing at the Hackworth IMAX. Max, yeah, at the Tech Museum. Yeah, I, I, I no don't like that. I don't like that. But theater. I think I think if I go on a Monday, I can sit all the way up in the back where that's the best place to sit in that. Uh, I just haven't had time, and when yeah. I have the free time to see a movie, I want to see something I haven't. But it seen. used to be Star Wars movies. You'd make the time. You know, you would put something else off to go see it another time. I was in high school then. I mean, to be honest, it, it's like I saw. Oh, I saw A New Hope probably 20 times in the theater. Okay. Empire Strikes Back, I probably saw eight or nine times in the theater. Return of the Jedi, I saw twice a week apart, opening day, and then the following weekend. Uh Uh-huh. And then I didn't see it again until I watched it on Laserdisc. Phantom Menace, 
I saw Phantom Menace three or four times. No, I only saw it twice, and the reason I saw it twice was I saw it with my... I, I saw it at a press screening, and I took my nephews to see it. Wow. And that was it. And the same thing with Attack of the Clones, and I think uh, Revenge of the Sith I only saw once. Mm-hmm. So I didn't make a lot of time. Even Force Awakens. I liked Force Awakens. I saw it twice. Uh-huh. Uh, once at the El Capitan, same thing with Rogue One. Saw it once at the El Capitan, as well as the original with my son. And I, I bought the Blu-ray, and I watched the. I did watch the Force Awakens Blu-ray and all the extras. I think there is a, a, an expectation that the Blu-rays are going to be out in less than a year after the movies come out. So, it's, well, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's another thing that's different about when we were younger. Yeah, is you saw Star Wars in a theater because. If there was nowhere it, else. We're going to see it again. You, you didn't. You, you know? might see it on TV in about eight, nine years, and to be edited down. And yeah, I know. mean, already that window was closing when I was in high school. It was starting to, you know, because VHS or VCRs, let's say that, you know, because um, yeah. beta was still happening a little bit, but it was getting it was getting faster. Yeah. And, but it wasn't until even, I, good lord, I think that I, I was the end of college was I think Batman, the Tim Burton was the first time that they did a major release of the VHS uh, at an affordable price. Right. Like it was 90 bucks. Oh no, those, those, those early VHS ones for star Wars were incredibly expensive. And the, the laser discs I spent, I know I spent $200 on the trilogy on laser discs. Probably I don't have it. Yeah. Um, I, I know that I have, I have a lot of laser discs and I don't have, that one, I I don't even know if my machine still works. It'd be interesting. Mine's to see. in a storage. Uh, uh, well, yeah, it's in my garage. Yeah. I just I just came across it this weekend and went, hmm, should I see if any of, of this works? But uh, anyway, I'm gonna. This is gonna be the transition to television because Netflix is got the rights to the live action theatrical film uh, in Europe and Asia of Full Metal Alchemist. Which I had actually read about because of the strange, I, I don't know, I don't have a problem with this, is that when they made it, they still set it in kind of the Germanic country that it is. Right. But it's all Japanese actors. And the director's uh. defense was, uh, or r- rationale was, yes, even though it's a Eurocentric story, it's a Japanese-themed story but like, they've done the same thing like the harlock live action is japanese actors even though those are more european well you know here's what I, here's what i what i think is now everybody has to justify everything yeah on, on all sides of the globe yeah i wouldn't have thought a second like harlock well of course it was japanese it's like I, i'm only momentarily jealous that ultraman never comes to america you know it's like but there's Nothing wrong, you know, because they attack on Titan is that even though clearly in the anime, they are all meant to be Caucasian characters because of the plot point of the one character being half Asian and the last one. Uh But in the movie, they're all they're all Asian because it was a movie made for Japan. I totally get that. Yeah. When but that's not to say when you make an adaptation in America and it's whitewashed. The difference is, culturally, 
we have plenty of Asian American actors who could do it. Yeah, in America, right? You know, and I and I I, I not well, that to, was the controversy about Ghost in the Shell. And I don't want to and I don't want to raise that up no. to, to like upset you, but to, I realize with Ghost in the Shell, it wouldn't have mattered if Scarlett Johansson was in it for you. You would have seen Ghost in the Shell because you loved the concept. Yes, definitely. So that's the thing that Hollywood's got to wake up to, and that's and that and that that it is a cultural difference. That that it's you know we've seen it was that Godzilla Shinsu was the the Godzilla yeah, that, Reborn right right Godzilla Shin is that was whatever yeah, that remember. that you know you had very few actual American actors in it and you and know it hardly played in any theaters right you know yeah. so I mean that's that's the thing Japan's making it for Japan right America we're making these films for a global audience. And as I say, there are so many talented Asian American actors who could take these roles, and it's the concept. I don't even know if stars matter that much anymore. Well, I, I was just thinking about this because if they had not had Scarlett Johansson as the focus of that of that movie, and really all the advertisement and everything, the story might have come up a little bit more in the of, of what the film was actually about. In the advertisements, I, you might have actually had more people go to see it rather than to think, "Oh, it's another Scarlett Johansson movie." And frankly, I love her, but she's not had many good movies. Yeah, that, yeah. So, I it, it's one of those things we're not going to solve that problem, but it's just it, it is interesting that I, I I think Netflix is viable to me. Let's leave the Death Note Americanized live action. I want Netflix to show the Japanese Death Note films. Uh-huh. I've never seen those. I would love to see those. Uh, and last yeah. week... I think they're on Crunchyroll. But I don't go there. I'm saying okay. Netflix can just totally take those uh, sure. because that's where I'm going. I'm not going to pay for another thing. But Netflix just launched last week and I haven't had a chance to watch it. There's a Godzilla anime. And it's only episode yes. one yes. available so far. Like They're going to roll out a series. I can. I it looks really interesting. I know. Maybe if I have time tonight, you know, it's probably already too late uh, to stay awake and 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 watch it. Uh, at best, I can do a half hour tonight. I know this. I so many shows that I've. Did you watch uh, any of Electric Dreams, the Philip K. Dick? You know, I meant to because I knew you'd ask. Okay. And I actually caught up on the other things that people were telling. One that I was telling you, you had to watch. I did watch that. And then so many people telling me I had to watch Counterpart. So let me transition. So I watched that instead. So once you've done like three hours, and I got to catch up on my sitcoms because I got to cleanse my brain. You know, it's got <laughs> I got to be done with the good You're place. Sorbet. Well, I, I I didn't put it down on the. But if you caught if you've caught up to the good place, that show is going to stand in history as one of the most brilliant sitcoms ever ever put to television. Deep, thought provoking. And Jiminy Christmas. I always thought Ted Nansen was funny. Oh, yeah. I never, until The Good Place, appreciated what a good actor Ted Danson really is. Because uh, two weeks ago, like, I I heard he had a scene and I heard a, a slight sobbing and then realized... That was me choking up over him. And it's like, what? What? You know, so great show. But anyway, uh, so Counterpart, which is the second episode has come out too. Uh, so they've done two episodes of this from Stars, And why I think it's it's worth talking about is uh, 
say 30 years ago, you could have done a tight two hour sci-fi film for low budget or reasonably low budget for counterpart. And there would have been a market as a film. And this is how, how it's changed is today. I much prefer that they're going with a series, but you could, you could, you can tell, did you watch it? I don't even know what you're talking about. Oh, on stars with JK Simmons, Forrest Elam tagged you and said, you know, you've got to watch this. Like he, he tags both of us on stuff on, on Facebook. Okay. So, uh, it is okay. So I get to say this. This is why it was. It's a thinking man sci-fi. Okay. At some time in the past, and I think they're playing it a little nebulous. Let let us say twenty years ago, thirty years ago, some event happened. They don't understand why. But a parallel Earth, a parallel reality, showed up. We branched out. It was the same Earth. Up until about 30 years ago. And now there are two. And, there's, and they're aware of each other? And some people are aware. Uh. The governments are. So it's in a Central European country. But all but J.K. Simmons is American. And uh, he they like it opens up. And you don't even realize it's a sci-fi show necessarily. Uh-huh. As he goes into his drone job. He sits across this table divided by glass with someone else. And and they exchange code mess, coded messages, and so it is the one place where you can cross over. So it's like a thinking, it's like a Cold War version of I thought of what Fringe was revealed to be about. Hmm. So there's a Cold War happening. It's like a Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy between the two universes. between the two universes, and Simmons is. Uh, so he's this guy, and he's he's being chastised because he, as they're walking away from each other, he point like signals that the guy has got a spot on his tie, and, this is, and he's called in called on the carpet because he did an unapproved communication. Oh, and it's weird. And then the next day, he gets called in and to a meeting with a guy is brought in with a hood on his head, takes off, and it's him. And so it's his counterpart who has stumbled across a large conspiracy and something bad is happening. Uh, An assassin from his earth has come over to ours and is taking, is picking off targets that they don't know why. And so suddenly the, the kind of the doofy JK Simmons um, is being brought into this larger what's been going on. And it's just played it, like there is nothing about it other than conceptually that sci-fi. It could have just been a government, two governments facing each other. Right. Nobody has any particularly advanced weaponry, but they're starting. To, but the second episode gets into this idea of uh, of where did the diver- divisions come, the, di- the divergence, and like what is the same, what is different, and it gets floated out there is ultimately we are all the same we just made different choices and mm-hmm. so it's it's really deep in thinking and i and i sat there going yeah i i could have totally seen seeing this movie in the 80s uh-huh and no it's got to be on stars it's got it or on hp you know it's got to be a pay-per-view uh, you know a pay channel because and it's got to really play out because you could not release that in a theater and 
people and, like us would go and right. we'd love it and they'd or we one. wouldn't have time and we would end up seeing it on video and then yes they would make it really much cheaper sequel so right. it is uh, i've had a couple friends rec- intrigued. recommend it reminds me I, it sounds a little bit like uh um man in high castle a little bit yeah actually almost more like what the book was yeah. then uh, which i i gotta catch up on man on high castle too uh which i love but yeah so counterpart the alienist on tnt uh as i i've mentioned the podcast before a novel that i read when it first came out i probably weirdly like uh, the first week i don't know why something about the cover had when it was first released i was like oh this looks interesting and picked it up loved this had forgotten much about how disturbing the crime is in it, but uh, so the first episode was there. I thought really interesting, well done adaptation. I'm almost more fascinated by the presence of an historical Teddy Roosevelt before he's when he was the New York Police Commissioner. Um, but Luke Evans really good, Dakota Fanning, and uh, Daniel Bruhl. I don't know if that is he an American actor or not. I don't know. Because I've only seen him in roles where he has an indeterminate European accent. He's been, he was Zemo in Civil War. Right, right. He was in the Zuki, the Nazi officer. And he's the also in wife. Avengers Infinity War Prelude issue one. Well, of course, because it's Civil War, right? <laughs> that doesn't count. I don't think he's going to be in Infinity War unless they go, the only one who can save us against Thanos <laughs> is Zemo. Is Zemo. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really sort of like Star Trek V. We have five minutes left of footage to shoot. We ran out of budget for special effects. Bring in Zemo! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Thanos is played by an action figure from Toy Biz. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so you watched The Alienist. Did you? I did not. No, you didn't. You said you did. Okay. No, I, 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 we, were, we were talking about it. I, 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 want, I was wanting to read the book first, and that was when you found a copy of the book that didn't have anything about the movie on it when we were in right because you like to buy the copy that has that has the original cover right, right, right. right so i but i've decided i was going to read it on ebook so i downloaded the, the sample okay. of it yeah. okay great great book okay so the, you know they, they're both genre pro- projects that i don't know a counterpart in particular it's not obvious that it is sci-fi and that's what i found so fascinating yeah. by it so yeah. incredibly well written um and then uh hey warner brothers is releasing static shock which i just want to call out to Michael Davis, the uh, creator of Static Shock, of Static. I never liked that the cartoon called it Static Shock, but I guess you know. Yeah, I, I, I guess I, why. I never liked that. And then most people identify it that way, but yeah. and it's okay. But it is still a great series, and uh, so we the had third the second episode kept, of uh, Black Lightning. I didn't watch it. I caught up on the Flash. Yeah. So that I would know. See, I know I'm catching up with the Flash. So now I was going. That's why I'm not watching everything else. Yes. So uh, I, I I caught up so that we could talk to Derek. So that I would know. Like I wondered if anything was going to set his appearance up, or you know, yeah, yeah. other than a next week. Uh, so uh, what you know, it's the Black it, Lightning is really good. I, I'm 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 really enjoying just about everybody on that show. I don't think there's a miscast in the whole thing. The only thing that bothers me is the glow in the dark costume, but uh, I'm getting used to it. Yeah, I don't, I don't quite know why they did it. It's like, why would you run around in neon? Especially because this weekend I found the Total Justice action figure, which I think is the first Black Lightning action figure, probably. And I was like, that costume would have worked. It's, yeah. Which I mean, I think he was wearing it in the flashback. 
right uh, videotape so right. Right. Well, Maybe it's that's not armor. Well. It's not armor. He he, and that's the thing about the fight scenes when he's up against somebody with a gun. They will get a couple of shots off into his body, and then he'll rush them. But he'll put his hand up in front of his face to guard guard his face from getting hit by any bullets. It's like maybe you should just make that bulletproof mask a little bigger, like a helmet. Or, or is something. it the suit? Or is the electric? You know, I like with with the Flash. It's clear why he's essentially bulletproof. Is as long as he sees it coming, he can he can catch take it. Take care of it. Is Black Lightning generating a field that will stop that's, him? That's, or is drawing the magnets to his hand or something like that? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It reminds magnet. me of who it was. The bullets. Well, didn't uh, the Great Spring Hero, Ralph, you yeah. know, Bill Cat would have to would have to do that. But uh, I've never watched it that closely. But the original George Reeves, that he would often blink and like wince if they threw like if they if he got hit by they, a bar or something, well, yeah, or they threw a gun, the, you know, they'd run out of bullets and they'd throw the gun at him, and he'd be like, uh, you know, it was hard to break the habit of right. The real guy his, was his chest would go out and then go back in again and then go yeah, out again. Yeah, you know, so I, yeah, I maybe I'll watch Black Lightning. I realized what my other sequel thing was, but because instead of watching Black Lightning this week, I was, I was in a hotel room and I watched a movie I'd meant to rewatch, Hamlet Two, and that's what Doomsday Clock ah. is like. Hamlet too, because of the audacity of the tragedy of Hamlet, and then to write. Have you ever seen Hamlet too? No, I've never seen it. It gets to have its cake and eat it too by being it is a play within the movie, and so you you don't really get to see how bad it actually is. You only get to see scenes that they wanted oh, to make okay. funny. Okay. But the whole thing. So the, 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 the movie is about making Hamlet too. The okay. setup is, is the audacity of taking the greatest tragedy in the English language and then writing a sequel. It's a feel-good ending. <laughs> uh, yes and no. Yes, <laughs> I, it's actually strangely moving, but it's fun and it's meant to be funny. But yeah. it, you know, it's just like that's what Doomsday Clock. What it was doing was like the Hamlet Two thing. You've got this perfect ending for Watchmen, yeah, and then you do this. That but wait, undoes, yeah, and that's what it is. Yeah, I it's not spoiling anything because the movie's like uh, eleven years old now. Right. That uh, the guy says, oh, his device is that Hamlet is gifted a time tra- a time machine, and can then nice. go back and undo nice. all the tragedies, nice. and then. It, you know, and it's so just, it's like Back to the Future when when he's trying to undo the, uh, it, the dance. Yeah, sequence. it's just it's just a movie you have to you have to watch to understand, and it's a mess. But there's some strange, which I remember they showed it at Comic Con, and I interviewed Steve Coogan. It was before, I think before I was doing the podcast, and I said, and I told the the writer and the director, I said, it's like I'm not even sure if you mean for me to respect it i just don't know and he goes well so you know they said it's, it's up to you and i'm like there's even a character in the play in the movie who says that like it's it's horrific and i can't stop watching <laughs> so anyway uh on that note on that note let's go <laughs> hey thank you all and once again a great thank you to derek mears uh i would love to do a show where he he there's a couple of guys uh Chris Tomlin from the Thundermans, people that are comics fans, it would be fun to just oh, yeah, really yeah, have yeah. and not talk about their projects other than you got to do the shilling, what but to really just talk they, about, yeah. Yeah, do that. And maybe we should sit something like that. But it won't be episode 500 because we've got other plans. We've got you coming, audience, if you, w- if you would like to come. and If you're in the Bay Area. And have a linguisa corn dog. 
I or whatever drink they've got. And admire the seven stars ambiance. I wonder if I have the time to sit, well, I, uh, to sit down with Paul Cunha and maybe we could create a drink menu for Fanboy Planet. Hmm. Because they do specialize menus. That's a lot of research. No, I mean, I just say, hey, Paul, <laughs> let me give you these three names of, of cocktails. I don't know. But anyway, come down. So February 11th at 3 p.m. at Seven Stars Bar and Grill, our favorite place to hang out. Uh, I think that's fair. I go there not as often as I wish, as I used to, but uh, just to just to enjoy the ambiance and all the Star Wars stuff. But now we'll be there. So come and, and, uh, and enjoy. i got your three names. Episode 500. Tell us. Okay. Tell. You're, so one is Editor. At fanboyplanet.com. Okay, so what is in the editor at fanboyplanet.com? Uh, I think it's it's a take on a on a white Russian. I think it's I think it's a I think it's a twist on that. Maybe with with I uh, think anybody who knows me, what is maybe the whitest drink you can make? Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Another one would be the moral compass. I'd love to drink a moral compass. I mean, ask if you got yours back. That's real. <laughs> and then the last one would be Costa Smash. Okay. Nate would be happy. So what, what's an immoral compass? We'll figure that out. Actually, you know, that's a challenge to you guys this week. I don't know if we can make that happen with Paul. It's not, it's not fair to say. he's. In, I know because of Facebook he's enjoying a day at Disneyland. But uh, write into editor at fanboyplanet.com and tell us what is in an editor, what is in a moral compass, and what is in a Costa Smash. That's probably go. the easiest one. Yeah. Uh, it's Hawaiian punch and <laughs> <laughs> well, it's got to be green. It's got to be. You do not make a red Hulk drink for Costa. No, you do. If you want to see him smash. <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> not a Costa smashed, uh, a Costa smash. Okay. I love it. All right. So, Hey, thanks for listening. I'm Derek McCaw, editor in chief of FanboyPlanet.com, And I'm Rick Brett Snyder reminding you to use, use your, your powers, powers for, for good. good. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com.